Good morning, Connection. Good morning. Wow. There. It works this time. All right, cool. My name's Colton. Uh, I'm the intern pastor here. Uh, guy that was leading worship is Matt. He's our normal lead, pa- our, our lead pastor. Let's see if we get there. So, if this is your first time in Connection, I want to welcome you. You're now part of a family. You're not a guest. You're not a visitor. You are a family. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to, or on your phone, or whatever, to Matthew 12. That's where we're going to be for today. Uh, We'll get to that in a little bit. So, this week is the fourth week. And we do what we do on fourth week here at Connection. We do touch someone's life gift. Touch someone's life gift is where we collect. The only, the only time we pass around uh, anything to collect money. And we take your pennies and dimes or whatever God lays on your heart to give. And we give to somebody after uh, service to give away in our community. So if you guys want to go ahead and start collecting that. And see what God has in store for us today. In this life, we tell ourselves that we are going... We're too far gone to be forgiven. All the time, I I used to always say, man, my stuff is just too big for God. Funny now thinking about it, but I used to, that used to loom over me all the time. I could could act the Christian part. You know, I could could come to church and be be the good Christian kid on Sunday. That was no problem. That came easy to me. But my stuff, my hidden stuff, my, my secret stuff, my sin kept me from fully experiencing God. I always wondered, is it possible for there to be something that I can do that God can't forgive? I believed that there was. I always thought there was. Is there anything that I can do that can't be forgiven? Well, I came across this chapter when I was when I was trying to figure out what I was uh, preaching about and Matthew. But before we go there, we're going to go to. Your worship handout, you probably got it when you came in the door. Somebody probably handed it to you or you picked it up. But in the middle section there, if you open it up, there's some notes area to take notes. And that's where we're going to be. Uh, Your first worship handout is, is there sin that grace cannot forgive? Like I said, I always struggled with... Will my actions, can my actions be forgiven? I could talk a real good talk, but would my actions be forgiven? In Matthew, Jesus tells us the only thing that can't be forgiven, that there's only one thing that can't be forgiven. 
Well, we'll find out what that is. And some of it might scare you a little bit when we first read through. But we'll go back and kind of pick it apart. So we're going to be at Matthew chapter 12, verse 22. So it says, Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed and asked, Could it be that Jesus is the Son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcist? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. So this can be a scary passage if you just read it through like that. But luckily, we're going to go back and kind of pick through each verse and learn what Jesus was trying to tell us here. So in verse 22, it says, The demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So, all these people following Jesus around, they trusted him enough that he could heal this man. Why? Why are they bringing this guy to Jesus? Because they saw him do it before. This is not something new to them. They actually could see it. We're kind of removed a little bit, so we can't see it. But, they got to witness everything that Jesus was doing. And it was real easy for them to just put their trust completely in God, right? I mean, I know if I could see Jesus doing all these miracles, I would have no trouble going out in this world and talking about Him all day long. I struggle with that now because I don't see it. I don't see him. I haven't seen it. But I have to believe that these people that actually saw it and wrote it down in this book that God gave us was telling the truth. So this man that they brought to him was hurting. Probably his whole life. He probably couldn't see or speak his entire life. It doesn't say wholeheartedly, but they believe that he really was couldn't walk, couldn't, like he was blind. He couldn't do anything. But 
Jesus heal them. It goes on, he said, he healed the man so that he could both speak and see. So the belief was rewarded when Jesus healed the man. Their, their faith was completely rewarded. Do you think that would help them out when they're going out and talking about Jesus? And saying, hey, this guy, this guy could be the real deal. This is no problem. There's no problem for them. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? So these people are your common people. These are not your real well educated. These are not in the Bible sense. This is, this is like me. These people are like me. I'm not real educated in the Bible. I know enough but to know that Jesus is the guy I'm studying to learn more. But they knew enough of the scriptures in the Old Testament that they realized, hey, this could be the real dude. This could be the guy that we've been waiting for. But there's the people that were trained in the Spirit, or trained in the Word, the Pharisees, kind of had a different aspect on the guy and they actually knew all the stuff you know they knew all the prophecies that were coming true right in front of their eyes and let's see what they said but when the Pharisees heard about the miracle they said no wonder he can cast out demons he gets his power from Satan the prince of demons so the, the Pharisees don't trust Jesus why they know all the, the stuff that he's fulfilling, all the prophecies he's fulfilling right in front of their eyes. Why are they so threatened by Jesus? Because they're going to take... He's, Jesus is taking their power away from them. They're the people on top right now. Everybody looks up to them. Everybody comes to them with their problems. Everybody respects them. And Jesus is teaching the exact opposite of what they of what they want. It's like me. Those Pharisees are me. I like to be on top. I like to have some power. You know, I like being in charge. But Jesus is teaching the exact opposite of what they of what they want. So, they're taking anything they can and picking at Jesus and saying, well, that's not true. That's not true. Well, he can't do that. And I do that all the time. I always say, oh, Jesus didn't really mean that. He didn't mean to give, for me to give up all my goods. All, everything that I want and what I really just like to have. But Jesus wants us to give it all away, right? So let's look at your next uh, blank in your worship handout. We look for any way possible to not accept His grace. Look for any way possible not to accept His grace.
I used to dig around in the Bible trying to find reasons for me not to believe in God. For I wanted to find that one wrong thing that Jesus said that was that, and then He did the opposite, so I didn't have to believe in Him. I wasn't the greatest kid in high school, guys. I wasn't the greatest kid out of high school. Like, I was not always this good kid. But, and I, I could come and play church on Sunday. I had to. Otherwise my mother would ask me where I was. That didn't work out so well. I always said my sin was too much for God to handle. I'm I'm a big guy. I like to work out. I like to so think that I can handle all my sin. I can throw it on my shoulders and no problem. I can carry it around. It's no big deal. At least that's what I thought. And I always thought I was going somewhere. I realized I was kind of stuck in a rut. Because on in Matthew chapter twelve, it says Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus is proving that He is God. And He is the Messiah. Because look, He's saying He already knew He already knew what they were thinking. They were scared that they were going to lose their power. They were saying this thing that that He was a part of Pharisees were saying, Oh, he's just part of Satan. But they actually they knew, but they were scared. And he wanted to show them his authority and show him, show them that, hey, I'm the real deal. Jesus replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. Jesus is saying here that if he was Satan, why would he cast out his own his own little guys, his own little following? Why would he cast out the demons that were working for him? And that's not going to expand his empire any, right? You don't want to fight against yourself. You don't. You don't want your. It brings me to like I like basketball. I like to associate things like that. Not a big NBA fan, but I know a little bit. So if you look at the Golden State Warriors right now, they have all these big name stars, right? All these big guys that can score 40 points any given day. But if they all act like they're the only one on the team, what happens? They lose. They don't. They can't win if they're not playing as a team because the other team realizes, hey, he's being a ball hog. Let's just guard him and, he, and we can win. It doesn't take that long, that hard to figure out. And that's what Jesus is basically saying here. Why would I hurt myself? And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcist? So this is kind of being a little sharp and pointed by Jesus here. He, he does that quite often with the Pharisees. 
They have their own people that cast out demons. By the same way that He's doing it. And they're going to condemn Him for it? Being kind of hypocritical, right? That makes me more like the Pharisees. I'm very hypocritical about things. Especially people in power. You know, I can do something, but if they do it, oh man, watch out. I'm going to... I want to make sure they know that they can't do that. They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. Jesus is laying out straight out what's coming. He's saying, hey, I'm here. Don't miss it. He's he's showing the foundation of what we need to believe so we can be saved. That man that He healed is us. That man was affected all of his life. Couldn't talk. Couldn't see. Was possessed. Maybe we weren't possessed. We might be. I don't know. But, but Jesus is there to save us from all that stuff, all of our sin, all everything that we think we can handle ourselves that we can't. Jesus is there for us. Verse twenty-nine. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and plunder his own house. So, like I was saying, I think I'm strong enough to to protect my own stuff, right? I can carry my own stuff. I can throw my, my sin over my shoulder and just walk. No problem. Jesus is saying, hey, I'm stronger than you. Why are you carrying it yourself? And Jesus, when you finally accept Jesus into your heart, He just doesn't help you carry your stuff. He comes up and takes it. He comes, ties it up, throws it over His shoulder, and you're pure again. It doesn't work out. It's not a good math equation in my mind. He says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. Anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. (laughs) Jesus is stern here. He's still talking to the Pharisees here. He's saying, look, guys, you are missing the point. You're missing the big picture here. I'm here, and you're working against me. You're going to be against me. You might as well be Satan. (laughs) It's not... They're not doing what they should be. So so it goes on in your uh, worship handout. Next two blanks. It says, Jesus is strong enough to take all sin and forgive it. 
Jesus is strong enough to take all my sin and forgive it. Jesus is strong enough to take all your sin and forgive it. I don't get it. Why would He do something like that for me? What have I done? Why does He love me so much that He wants to forgive me? It just doesn't make sense. I struggled a long time after I got saved. I was saved at a young age. I was eight years old. But I wasn't ever taught anything afterwards. I was raised in a traditional church that they said they pushed the getting saved part. Oh, I got that. And then they gave me a pamphlet and that's it. You know, I wasn't I wasn't mentored, I wasn't brought up and learned anything. I didn't like reading back then. I just threw that pamphlet away. <laughs> like it doesn't that wasn't how I learned. It wasn't easy. And especially when I got into high school, this didn't make sense to me. Why would Jesus want to forgive me of my sin, let alone be strong enough to take it all? I want to keep some of it, you know? I, I, think, I think I deserve to have all of it. I know I deserve all of it. mentoring with a guy named Mike Davis I've learned and then through Matt after him I've learned that God wants me and he wants you he wants everybody because he's strong enough we don't have to be Zone 31. So I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So there's a big word here. Blasphemy. It kind of scares people. I always thought growing up that meant well, if I curse in the name, if I say, GD, I'm going to hell. But that's not what it's saying here. If you really get down and study the word and where it came from, that's not what it's saying. Because, I'm sorry, I was in high school, I wasn't a good kid. I cursed in the name of God, like, a lot. It was not good. I was not a good kid, guys. Glad that he's changed me. But... So I was always scared that I can't, I can't do anything to fix it. I'm already, I'm already done. I already screwed up. But blasphemy, now that I've learned and really studied it, blasphemy only means that I didn't choose to let him in my heart. Blasphemy only means that you didn't give him the authority to come and take your sin away. Crazy to think that, right? That the only way, only thing that can't be forgiven 
is not asking for it. Only thing that can't be forgiven is not asking for forgiveness. When I learned this, I was crazy happy. I was jumping up and down. You know, this is this is some big stuff here. I was I was scared for my life for the longest time, and I learned look, God still wants to forgive me, still wants to love me, still love me. This is nuts. Goes on, which will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or the next. This gets confusing. It's saying, if you don't let the Holy Spirit come in and change your life and change the way you how you think, is the only way that you're not going to be forgiven. And the real scary part is, we only have one chance to do it. We have this one life. This one time for us to learn and accept that Jesus, hey, Jesus came. Might have been 2,000 years ago, but He came and really took all of our stuff. Took all my stuff. And that pile's high. That chip on my shoulder is high. I've always... I'm glad that Jesus told us that the only thing I can do wrong is not accept Him. Your your final blanks in your handout. The only sin I cannot be forgiven of is not accepting His forgiveness. Guys, this is big stuff. This is stuff that could change your life. Because it changed mine. Realizing that, hey, I don't have to be scared that Jesus will save me no matter what. As long as I have Him in my life, that's all I need. if you've never asked Jesus to become your Lord of your life not asked Him to forgive you of your sin it's not that hard it's not something I can't I can't give you some special prayer for you to do it for you to say and you're just saved it's it's not my words it's not a special prayer it's the desire of your heart to let Jesus and the Holy Spirit come in and change your life. Change the way you think, change how you act, change everything about you. And that's a scary thing to do. But you don't have to do it alone. This place we, here at Connection, we desire to mentor people and bring them up 
so they know so they are not like me growing up and thinking things like blasphemy means that I can't that since I slipped up and said a cuss word that I'm going to hell it's not like that so if you don't if you need if you haven't done that except to come talk to me after we're done here come talk to me talk to Matt whoever it is and we can we can talk about it do we have the bags or bag $199.93 of penny, nickels, and dimes. It's quite a little bit. So we got two bags split up here. Uh, each with $99.96. Uh, Jacob Caps. Thank you. And Andrew Dillman. Thank you. That's a lot of money, guys. It's crazy to think that pennies and dimes made up that. So I want to pray here in a second. And if you guys, if any of you guys need to talk to somebody, come talk to us. We have time. Let's pray. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for just forgiving us, Lord. We know you didn't have to. Lord, thank you for changing the way I think. Lord, I just pray that I continue to follow you, Lord, and that you keep growing me and you grow everybody here, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for allowing us to come here and learn about you. Lord, I pray over this money that it blesses somebody that just needs it. Whether they need it financially or not, but that just needs a blessing from you, Lord. Lord, I just pray for us as we go on this week and that we just continue to follow you. In your name, amen.